You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, it's nothing to do with fitness or food. Instead, it's one of the most important aspects of your health that so many people forget about, and it's financial well-being. While most of us and our wallets are exhausted after December, it is time to get our accounts healthy again and reduce our stress levels. With the new year well and truly underway, it's the perfect time to start your journey towards financial security. Joining me to discuss all things money and all things savings is money coach, author, Mrs. Smart Money, Kel Gallivan. Kel, welcome to the show. How's it going? It is great to be here, Carl. I'm really looking forward to today. So listen, it's January. People have uh, spent loads and had lots of crack over Christmas, hopefully. And it's always in around now. They look at their wallets, they look at their bank accounts and think, I want to make a change. And January is the perfect time to look at that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like... There's a lot about kind of new start, new you, new year and all of that. And to be fair, when it comes to money, if in January, there's kind of a nice stretch. And a lot of people look at it in a negative way. I look at it in a really positive way. You have the headspace for the first couple of months of the year to get the good systems in place and the good habits in place when it comes to money. So I think the start of the year to set yourself up for the rest of the year and going forward, it's, it's probably one of the best times to do it. And before we get stuck into it, I would tell me all about your no spend year. I think people are going to be fascinated to hear about this and how it worked, what you did and what you got from it. Yeah, my famous no spend year. So, well, how I suppose very briefly how it came about. It wasn't quite that I woke up one morning and just decided I was never going to spend again. Um, it was a very short version and maybe a few people can empathise with me, but I worked for 16 years in pharma and I loved it. But during that time, I got married, I had kids, life had changed, different responsibilities. And I kind of realized that as much as I loved my job, I wasn't seeing my kids. and I didn't have a balance that I was looking for in life. So I said to my husband, I said, look, you know, what if we went down to one income for a while just to have one year out and just see? And we would have been very much the typical two income family, two cars, commuting up to Dublin, that all those little boxes tick that way. And I kind of said, Oof, it could be tight. But let's give it a go, because I knew that no matter what, I could always earn money, but I could never turn back time. And that's kind of what gave me my final push to go. But it was definitely the scariest thing I ever did. So I walked away from my career and I said, right, if I'm going to cut our income in half, I'm going to make that income work as hard as I possibly could. And that sprung the no spend year. Wow. Okay. And tell, I suppose people are always, they're going to ask this question first. How much did you save or not spend over the course of the year? It was really interesting because I didn't know what to expect going into it. Like I had a rough plan and I'd give myself a few rules or whatever. Um, you know, I said I wasn't going to buy clothes or we're going to watch the food budget and all those kind of things. But in the end, we ended up cutting our outgoings by over 27,000 euro, which I was not expecting anything remotely like that. And ironically, we actually had the best year of our lives from a quality of life perspective and spending time together doing loads of cool stuff. And it just kind of set us up and most of the habits that we picked up uh, during that year, it actually stayed with us and we still do them and we still use them. So it wasn't like it was full on pull back for a year and live in deprivation. It was nothing like that. It was quite the opposite. It was really freeing. Again, another outcome I was not expecting at all. And actually, as it turned out uh, with as we're speaking now, um, I ended up 
moving along this course and making it my job. And tell us about some of the key habits and uh, tricks that you learned over the course of that year that really worked. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things with that, I suppose, is it can be really overwhelming. If somebody is, has never had to kind of, never sat down with their money and worked it through before, it, it can be just when you're thinking, oh, I don't know, I've never worked with money before. I've never been a saver. I've never been anything. And it can be very, very daunting to sit down for the first time and tackle it. And there's always the temptation to go full on cold turkey cutting everything out doing everything and not you know never going to drink again i'm never going to eat out again i'm never going to do anything ever ever again that's 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 a tough place to put anybody in because we we're human and we love to socialize and we love to do nice things we have to go places so for anybody starting out definitely start small and build from there i'm a huge uh, proponent of, of balance of doing things in balance and having having days where you do spend money, days where you don't spend money, but doing it in a really structured way. That would be one of the first ones. The second one, I would definitely say, figure out where you are first with money. Now, this can take a little bit of time, and I, but it is definitely worth it because, look, if you're going on a hike, Carl, or you know, you're, you're going to go on a drive somewhere, you need to figure out your starting point first. Your starting point is usually it's where you are, but you need to know where you are to figure out where you're going. So I would definitely recommend that people sit down, look at your money, look what you have coming in, see what income you have, and then look what you have going out. And that's your starting point. And when you see something written down in black and white, then it's much easier to actually make educated decisions on what you're going to do. So you, if you figure out, okay, well, my income is this, and maybe there's a partner or a husband or a wife or whatever, their income is this, and we're joint or we're not. It's whatever your situation is, work it for you. There's no perfect answer for this. It has to be tailored to you and your life because only you are living you and your life. So you, you figure out all that. And then it, it can be really simple. It can be on a piece of paper or in a copy book or on a little spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing, just something simple once you know what's coming in. And you write down all your bills. And quite often what I would say to somebody is instead of kind of thinking off the top of your head, oh, I think this goes out every month, open your bank statement and actually look and see what's going out. And from there you can see, well, maybe, this is serving me well, I, I use this subscription a lot, and you keep that, or if there's something in there that you're, that you kind of, oh, I signed up for that two years ago, and now I'm paying for it month on month, and I never even use it, then you start cancelling things like that, and you, you start tidying up your money little bit by little bit, and that's when you loosen up money for saving, for paying down debt, for getting rid of that credit card. And what about people who would be listening and thinking, oh, I, I can't face it, I can't even face looking at it, you know, what, what do you say to them? the very short version is you can't afford not to because right and all of us right well most of us at the very least, we, we've gone through some form of education we've gone through like our education system in Ireland is it's a really good one and people have different opinions on it but we have a well-regarded educational system but we also spend many years in it and a lot of our lives can be spent our young lives are spent going through that educational system and you come out the other side and you have a qualification whatever it is and then you go and you train you do apprenticeships you get the experience and you have good bosses and not so good bosses and you have great colleagues and you have super great colleagues and you go through all these things and you're commuting and you're getting up early and you might be working late nights all these things all these things that you are giving for your job and your company will be grateful and in return they give you this salary so you've been trained to it an inch of your life and given so much of your time to get this salary and this salary pops in if you don't start making it work for you then what was it all about? 
so anybody who is a little bit worried or daunted, I would like them to sit back, have a cup of tea and think, well, no, you've, you've worked hard for this money. Now make it work hard for you. And when you come at it in with that kind of mindset and that kind of thought process, well, then suddenly there's an urgency and kind of, well, no, hold on, I've, I've earned this. I've worked for this. Well, now I'm going to make it work back. And then that's when you start thinking and you start thinking, right, okay, well, this money, it has to pay for my groceries. It has to pay for my rent or my mortgage. It has to pay for my car. It has to pay for my holidays. It has to pay for my pension. It has to pay for everything. And that's a big ask for anybody, to be fair. That is a very big ask. But if you start just at the really simple part of figuring out what you have coming in and working out what you're going out, you're going to start feeling, first of all, more confident because you're going to know where your money's going. And you go, actually, that makes so much more sense. Because a lot of the time, it's it's very scary the not knowing. It's like when you're a kid and, you know, you you might think there's a boogeyman in your room or something like that. And your dad comes in and he, he opens the wardrobe, he checks under the bed and goes, look, it's not there. And I might turn on the light and check. And you get the peace of mind that, well, no, there's actually nothing there to be scared of. And money is like that as well. It is a matter of just sitting down and and shining a light on it and looking at where everything is and then it's not so scary it's just numbers okay so don't run from the issue if there is an issue there get you know pen paper spreadsheet what's coming in what's coming out that's the first place to start and then once you've done that talk us through some tips and tools around improving the amount of money in their bank accounts what should we be looking out for yeah there, there's a few things i'll give you some nice simple ones quick wins for people because quick wins encourage and i i love my quick wins because just kind of makes your day doesn't it when you have that little extra thing it's like finding a euro coin on the ground or something like that it's like oh yeah got that um but a really quick win for people particularly for somebody who is who isn't a natural budgeter and doesn't necessarily want to sit down and do big huge worksheets yet but yet they'd like to see more money in their account a really nice and simple one is what's called a no spend day i don't know if you've heard of a no spend day carl i have a fair gist of what it's going to contain contain but come on tell us <laughs> they are a superpower when it comes to keeping keeping your money in your account and not having it twittering off to wherever it, it feels like it should go without you telling it where to go so a no spend day is any day where you do not spend money other than on groceries or essential bills because you need to keep a roof over your head and you need to keep good healthy food in your stomach those things they're there to keep life ticking over and when it comes to actually saving money they, you should never be penalized for those, right? They're they're a given. They're a gimme. So anything that falls under that's only any direct debit that goes out, or if you do your weekly shopping, whatever it is, that is still a no-spend day. Where a day would fall into a spend day is the times when you go over and above that. So if you go clothes shopping, or you get the coffee, or you eat out, or you 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 get something that's extra. And spend days are fine. I'd never want to be feeling guilty over spend days, but on those days. If you think, right, I'm going to get a coffee, well, slow down and think, well, do you really want the coffee? And if you do, get it and just go, yes, this is value for money for me. I really enjoy this particular coffee. I love starting off my Mondays with a coffee and you get it and you enjoy it for that. Or if there's a book or an item of clothing or whatever it is, but make sure that it's you're getting it for the right reasons. Because you've worked hard, like I was saying earlier, you spend so much time doing a brilliant job, pouring your genius out every day in return for this paycheck. And it's just making sure that paycheck works as hard back. So it just gets people to slow down and think, is this worth it to me to spend this amount of money to get this thing? And if you do that, two things will happen. One is 
you're going to find that you're going to have way more no spend days than you thought you could and still be absolutely fine because it might mean that you bring your coffee with you one or two days and then treat yourself the other days. And the other thing is it makes you slow down and start watching your spending a bit more and thinking, well, is this impulse because I'm tired or I'm bored or I'm fed up? Or is this something that I'll actually use and enjoy and it'll bring a smile to my face and I'll remember it fondly? And you'll start making better decisions with your money. And when you do that, you'll actually have more money in your account to do the things that are really fun. And like going on the holiday, whenever we can get to go on holidays again, or you know, or building towards if you've kids building towards their college fund or getting the next car, things that make a difference, the bigger things, because you're not spending it on the things that don't matter so much. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Lay Healthcare, we're chatting all things money tips with Kel Galavan. Kel, is it important to know, you know, what, what you want to do with your money? So from an exercise perspective, from a health perspective, having a goal is really important. It gives you somewhere to go. Presumably money is exactly the same. Totally the same. Totally the same. Like in many ways, I, I feel anyway that you could copy a lot of the principles of a healthy lifestyle with a healthy mon- relationship with money. And it's it's if if somebody is it, it has an exercise plan, it's very similar to do the same thing for your money as well. Actually, I'll I'll give you a good example. Albert getting uh, better at money opened my eyes a little bit. Uh, that was it's to do with no spend days and stuff. But uh, about a year ago, my postman arrived up at the door, and it was a Tuesday, and he had this big parcel for me, and I was like, what? I couldn't remember getting it. Now, as it turned out, it was something my mum had sent over. But uh, he saw my face and he was like, oh, no, 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 please don't send this back. This is a huge big box of a thing. Don't send it back. Uh, he's a love. He's an absolute gentleman. And um, uh, I, I just said, no, look, I just can't remember. I don't remember buying anything. And he goes, Tuesdays are my toughest day of the week. And I was like, why are Tuesdays the toughest day of your week? Because, well, people chilling out on a Friday night or a Saturday night, and they're scrolling through on their iPads and things and they're pressing click and they're pressing buy and they forget they've even done it. So he rocks up on a Tuesday, which seems to be the most common days for things to be sent. And he has, he has so many more returns on a Tuesday or people just going, I don't remember that. I just put it in the hallway or wherever and they'll get around to it later on. And it's it was just, I think the two of us had had a good laugh because I realised that it was for my mum or whatever. But for him, he associates Tuesdays as a delivery guy with his return days as well. And I think it's just a real uh, eye opener when it comes to actually seeing how we sometimes don't fully think about how we spend our money. I thought that was just a very good one. Yeah, well, I think we all do that. We we, we scroll and, and, and scroll and buy. And there's, you know, it's a one-click payment. There's Apple Pay on the phone. It's very easy to buy stuff online without even really thinking about those impulse purchases. You know, and as you said, it's about stepping back, asking yourself, do you really want it? Do you really need it? All crucial things. Chat to me around tips for people who uh, struggle having conversations around money. So maybe for couples listening in or even parents with children. As Irish people, we're not great at talking about money and having that conversation. Do you have any tips for them? We are awful at talking about money. <laughs> Absolutely awful. It's, it's yes, I would love to change that. I would love to suddenly make, instead of having the conversation being about the nicest car or the nicest handbag to be, I've got a fully funded pension. Did you know that? And that's the cool thing. But we'll get there. <laughs> I love that you get excited when you say that, but yeah, go on. <laughs> well, this, I'll tell you, when you start getting top of your pension, you do start feeling really good about your future. But we'll make it cool eventually, Carl, slowly, baby steps, baby steps. But for somebody who who is slow to talk about money, for a sec, they're not on their own. Most people are slow. 
to talk about money. But in saying that, culturally in our history, we're only coming to terms with, with having these kind of conversations. And if you've a partner, uh, particularly, and, and quite often, because um, uh, I, I, I would work with a bit of this, quite often there would be maybe one partner is a bit more, ah, look, we'll be fine, we'll get there. Another one is maybe a little bit more anxious, but we'll, maybe we won't get there. But the conversation isn't there to have the clarity. So the first thing for couples, and this will not be a one fix wonder, this will be an overtime thing, just like healthy eating, just like losing weight, just like everything, building up a healthy money relationship with yourself and your partner will take time. But one of the key things is conversation and communication. And not necessarily, um, not in an argument sense, but in a let's sit down and have a money date. We'll, we'll have something to eat, you know, we'll have and just have a chat about this and I'll tell you where I am at money and maybe what would we like to do going forward. And these are the things like I'd like to get the car loan paid off. Or, you know, what would you like to do? Or what, you know, what would be important for you? And slowly but surely, you'll get the conversation going. Because a big thing with, with money is money is very emotional. And just because somebody seems to be maybe a little bit more of a spender, that doesn't mean that they don't have things going on in their head with regards to money. And that's their way of dealing with it. And so if you're in a relationship where one is more of a saver, one is more of a spender, it's a slowdown and figure out, well, why are they that way? Maybe... Their childhood was, was a bit different or maybe they had a few different experiences trying to get themselves through college or not. Or you, you just don't know. And it's by having these conversations and approaching them in a constructive way of, well, what would you like to see happening in the next couple of years? And, and how do you see this panning out? And, and, and slowly but surely bringing both of you onto the same page. And it will take concessions on both sides. So if somebody is quite into saving, well, maybe they might get the level of saving they're looking for. But if it gets their partner on board and they are saving and for their deposit or whatever it is, it once they're saving at a, a level that they both agree on, well, then things are going to get much easier and you will get there. It might be a slightly longer time frame, but you'll both get there and you'll both be happy getting there. Okay, so it's pretty much ask and listen, have the conversation, ask the question, and the, the old adage, or the hardest thing in the room, which is sitting back and listening, and just being, just opening up, opening up to uh, to have that that conversation as a couple. Chat to yeah. me about financial security. So, like, was the goal for people listening in is they want to improve their bank balance, they want to improve their financial security. What does that really mean? And in, in, you know, is it the pension? Is it looking at a pension? Is it clearing off the credit cards? Or you know, how how do you see it? Financial security. That's it is absolutely where my heart is because we can get quite daunted by thinking, oh, full on financial independence or super wealthy or living like a Kardashian. Like that's that's not where most of us uh, aspire to be or even want to be. Or if you think that is what, you know, being well off is, then a lot of people just give up because it's just too far away. It's too it's too much. And most of us don't even want that kind of lifestyle. We want a lifestyle where we can close our doors at night and know that we don't have to worry about money. There's enough there. There's a cushion there. There's whatever. So for financial security is, it's basically, I suppose the best way to define it is the long, if you were to lose your income tomorrow, let's just say the tap was turned off and usually it's not because of the person's fault. It's usually a recession or a pandemic or something's happened with the company or something like that. So it's usually something outside your control. Right, so this is never a blame thing by any manner of means. But if your income was turned off tomorrow, how long could you last at your current lifestyle before you had to get another job again? And the longer that timeline is, the more financially secure you are. And that's where I where I 
would like people to start thinking, well, okay, so if my income was turned off, would I last two weeks, six weeks, six months? And when you start thinking a bit more along those lines, then you can start making decisions to go, oh, okay, maybe we should have a bit more savings here. Or maybe we should have, you know, uh, pay down that debt a little bit more, a little bit faster. Because you just, you can never predict these things. We couldn't have predicted the last couple of years. You know, we could, there's so many things we couldn't have predicted. Whereas if, if somebody does lose their income through no fault of their own, and they have a cushion there, they have six months there where they have that bit of savings, they don't, they don't have as many debts hanging off them, they don't have a credit card, their car loan is sorted. Well, that's a much nicer place to be in because then you have the choice to, well, maybe I'll retrain, maybe I'll do a course, maybe I will take that bit of time out with family or do a bit of traveling or whatever it is. You suddenly have options in your life and you there's a lot less anxiety and stress associated with that because you can make decisions with a clear head as opposed to, oh, I need to get a job now because this bill, this bill, all these things are coming in. And that's a, a tsunami of stress coming towards somebody if they don't have that cushion in place. Okay, and I guess everything comes back to well-being. And as a show, that's very much mm-hmm. what we do. And just to even listen to there, you know, reduction of stress levels, it makes you feel better uh, in terms of well-being, mental health, physical health, decisions that you make. And that financial stress is a huge component of well-being. If there are three really simple takeaways, and these are always horrible questions to put to guests, but they're really important, I think, too. If there's three simple takeaways you want everyone listening in today to take from today's episode, what would your top three be? That is a very good question. I know. It's a horrible question, isn't it? It always is, so, uh, it's, but it's important it's a, because we, we cover so much content, yeah. and it's always nice to give people a little kind of synopsis at the end, which are here my three favorites or my three, my, my, my three top ones. Yeah. Um, no, it is a really good question. And then I suppose the first one is what I mentioned earlier is that figure out where you are with money, right? Figure out where you are. And it's because it's only from that point, can you figure out where you need to go? And the second thing actually is what I just said there now, figure out what do you want? That's really important because there are so many shoulds in this world. We should be doing this. We should look like this. We should act like this. No, this is your life with your money. And when you're sitting in your rocket chair at 80 or 100 years of age, it's your memories that you will have, not anybody else's. And all those things that were bought on impulse, they're probably going to be in landfill somewhere. You know, and you won't even remember you even got them. So when you're figuring out where you want to go, think about what you want and your goals. So figure out where you are, figure out where you want to go. And the third thing is take your time. This is not a race, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon maybe, but it's not a sprint. This is your entire life. And once you do it steadily and in steps, you'll get there. You absolutely will get there. It will just take time. So be patient with yourself. Three wonderful tips, fair play. If people wanna find out more about you, where can they find you? Absolutely. So you'll find me hanging out on Instagram quite a bit, Mrs. Smart Money HQ. Um, I also have my website, Um, and then my book is available wherever books are sold. Mindful Money, more money, more freedom, more happiness. Mindful Money, more money, more freedom, more happiness, and that's available now. Kel, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Really great tips and a great time of year to get someone to talk all things money, health. So thank you so much for joining us, folks. Lots of tips there to improve your bank balance over the course of the next few weeks and months. So do try them and let us know how you get on with your no-spend day or maybe even your no-spend week. See how you go. As ever, you know where we are, at PT on Twitter and on Instagram. And we're back next week for more real health. Slonga full. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.
proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.